Welcome to Sunrise Life, the podcast where we have deep conversations with freelance models. Today, I have Whitney Masters on the line. Say hello. Hello. What's up? <laughs> I'm Listeners. so happy that you had the time to do this episode with me, and I'm really excited to get to know you more over the course of this podcast. Yeah, me too. Thanks for inviting me. This is really interesting. Thanks. I've creeped on your Instagram a little bit, and I really like that the consistency of artfulness across your photos like is a vibe. Thank you. Thank you. Say more. Like, what do you mean by artfulness? Artfulness, like, like, like I can tell that when you are modeling and like when you're collaborating with photographers that like it, it seems that there is a care for the quality of what you are putting out and that you are doing it for like genuine purposes of the creation of art. Like I, I don't see like anything that makes me feel like you're unsure about what you want to do with your modeling or anything like that. Like it seems that like your work is deliberately quality and has like um, a sense of artfulness about it. Well, thank you. That's really sweet. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, social media obviously is like the curated place where we get to really like guide the conversation. My tagged page, like where people tag you is like so chaotic and all over the place. I don't know. I don't know if you dipped in there, but like, and then I know a lot of models will curate that page as well, which I think is really smart, but I just don't have, I don't, I don't have the extra energy reserves to like go through and like untag myself from things or like remove things from my page, you know? So I don't know. I think that's nice to hear. I definitely I just try to approach, you know, life in an artful way, you know, just trying to, to make it the vibe I want it. And yeah, I hope, I hope that my work is like that. I definitely feel like just in the way I work on sets, it's like, you know, I'm always wanting to try other people's stuff, but if I have an idea, I really advocate for sharing that as well. Yeah, I agree. I'm really curious about, because I didn't, I actually did not look at your tagged photos, but now like after this podcast, I think I'm going to, because that's an interesting topic that I don't think we've totally brought up on the podcast before about yeah. how other photographers portray models versus the way that model wants to portray themselves. Do you feel like there is a, a butting of heads of those things? Oh, totally. I find I'm, I'm always genuinely fascinated by the images that, that other people choose to share of me and how there's rarely an intersection where I'm like, yeah, that's it today. I want, you know, that's, that's the one that I want to choose, but it's cause you know, we are on two different sides of this like form, you know, so I'm inside it, they're outside of it. So we're definitely going to have like different opinions. And I tried, I mean, I, I really love some of the sexy work I do, but I genuinely or generally, I try to kind of steer away from like really sexualizing myself on my page. But I feel like in, you know, work that has lots of sexy vibes just because we're like naked and in lingerie and like all the things it can go so far into a, like a, a sexual image. And I feel like a lot of the time men want to share that, you know, it just makes sense. 
Yeah, I can get that. I get that totally. When I look at my tagged photos, sometimes it's definitely changed over the course of time because for me, when I first started modeling, I was like really driven by profiting off of my photo shoots and like making money. And so I would purchase outfits that I was like, oh, photographers would like this. And over time I was like, but I don't really like this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's like such an easy trap to fall into when, you know, the commodity is ourselves and our image, you know, (laughs) because it's like what people want to pay you for is often like just the opposite side of the spectrum for like what you'd actually like to represent with your body, you know? How does that play out for you? Like, like what has that journey looked like for you? Oh man, it's been a journey. And I think that's a big reason why I've gotten a lot more into self-portraits in the last Mm. few years, because like, I know that I know how to like edit, you know, and I know like I have a vibe that I want to put out and I can experiment and get pretty close to what was in my head. But when I'm working yeah. with a lot of photographers who are hiring me, a lot of their themes are like similar to each other, you know, and mm-hmm. shot from a similar angle or like shot all the way head to toe from the same yeah. perspective location wise. And, and I just, I feel like I want more, I don't know, depth, yeah. shallow depth of field and like just, interesting lighting and interesting ideas that are thrown in there not just here's a pretty person and a pretty picture of this pretty person because I feel like I've got plenty of that over the course of my life totally yeah like looking good you know pretty like standard movie cropping (laughs) like it's I think when they're you know, are people that like, they know that they want this like pretty standard look, like it's kind of a lack of diving into all of the, like all of the language that you have in anything, you know, like, like if, if talking about like a photo shoot, like the angle of the camera is saying something, you know, like it has some kind of like tune or frequency and that is like a dial that you can play with to tell a story, you know, and maybe if you don't have a story, then maybe that's why you aren't like playing with these things. But yeah, I think it's super interesting that a lot of the, a lot of the photo shoots that I do that like, there's always this kind of like standard cropping and, and uh, approach to it, you know? And it, yeah, it sounds like that's just kind of consistent across the board, you know? Yeah. You know, you hit the nail right on the head, just the way that you said that, I think it has kind of summarized some of the angst that I've been feeling about creating photos. Even for me, when I am shooting self-portraits, I find myself falling into that box still, even if it's in my way of doing it. I'm like, oh, I need a three-quarter photo. It needs to be cropped, you know, just above the knee and then give myself a little bit of headroom. And Mm -hmm. and these poses look good. And so... Like, I I suppose I'm a little bit hypocritical because I know that those types of photos are going to subconsciously tell photographers that they can create that vibe of imagery with me. (laughs) Yeah, you're kind of like packaging it in the way that, you know, is like understood, not just by the those people, but like also just the sellability of things on Instagram. I mean, that's kind of the sad thing about 
what social media has done is it kind of, it becomes an averager of work because of just the way that, you know, we view things and how, you know, we all are pursuing viewership and likes and that yeah. also is part of that, like just finding that medium that everyone can be like, this is good. But I, I will say I love it though, too, you know, like who doesn't want to make sure that you come away from a photo shoot with some like classic good shots of you that are pretty, you know, represent like the way your body looks, you know, there's, yeah. there's no shade in that, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a reason for it on all ends. I guess it just depends on like what you're getting at and if you feel fulfilled in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, kind of on that note, like I've been doing this for a while. I know you have too. So, you know, it's like after a few years, you, you kind of know what does look good on you and, and I find that that's part of the reason why I kind of think more of about like, oh, like what angle are we playing with and stuff? Because I know how to like, we get into the the standard full body. Like I know within like 10 minutes, I'm going to get like, I'm going to be able to produce a ton of great options. So once we do that, I'm like, okay, like, we, we can do anything else now and do the same thing from a different angle with a different lens. I like that kind of when people are able to kind of let go and be like, we got that, you know, we got yes. that. And now we can move on and, and try something else. Even if that doesn't work, we know that we got some of these like more classic options that just are cool. Yes, I fully agree. Once you've got the great shots, yeah, move on to something new because it keeps the creativity alive during the shoot. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to take a short little break to tell you about Model Society. Modelsociety.com is a website dedicated to featuring figurative fine art photography for models and photographers. What makes them different than other portfolio hosting websites is that some of those other websites will still host kind of tacky photography or exploitative photos. Model Society screens all of their contributors for quality and authenticity. So you only get the best of the best on there. If you're not a photographer or model, you can still enjoy and appreciate Model Society because they also have newsletters and magazines featuring their best work and new articles each week. Check it out, modelsociety.com. I will also include a link to Model Society in the show notes. All right, now back to our show. So you mentioned that you've been doing this for a while. I want to ask, how did you first get into modeling? And then how has your career progressed until where you are now? Oh, well, I I really got into art modeling through posing for artists. And so that's still a, a part of like what I do, like in Chicago. Yeah, so the, I took a class, I took like a workshop on posing for artists just because I'd always wanted to try it. And it didn't really work out in Arkansas because there weren't a ton of opportunities for that kind of thing. And it just felt better to try it in Chicago for the first time. And from there, you know, an artist asked me if I would do a photo shoot. And then when I did a photo shoot and I, I was like, this is, this is cool. <laughs> and then I just started pursuing that and figuring out what that meant, you know, and um, yeah, just kept going down that path still still on it still on that path <laughs> but i, wow, I pose for artists a lot still and started a company in chicago that 
I pose through and also I hire models to pose through. Oh, sweet. So, and this for artists, for just the people listening, this is for sketch drawings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Figure artists, painters. Yeah. Yeah. Some really lovely people like they are, you know, the, the rates are a lot lower. That's something I'm really trying to educate schools on in my area and, you know, just try to be really open about why models should be paid <laughs> wages that aren't like what you would be paid at a normal job, you know, like it should be more just the way that how, how it works, the economy, you know, and like, I try, I'm really pushing for the rates to go up in, in my area. They're really low compared to the West coast and they're closer to the East coast, but they're just paltry, sad, sad little rates. They need to be changed. And I, I try to offer what I can. I started a company that hires models. I'm still not offering like as much as I would love to be, but I also have to make it make sense for me financially. So I'm still working on like viewership, but I, I host Sunday sessions that people join online and in person. And yeah, it's fun. It's my that sounds club. really cool. It's cool that, that people can join online too. I had never actually really thought of that, but I suppose you could just do a sketch drawing class over like a video call. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It makes it so that you could really have a wide audience of viewers. You know, if my, one of my best friends in Chicago has been like using it, the website since I started it and like has been really consistent. And now she had like a personal best. I hope she doesn't mind me sharing, but I'm so happy and like proud of her. She had a personal best of like a one hour session that paid a hundred and 70 bucks nice yeah and that's just you know streamed from her home with like a camera and she does like at least one a month and you know all you have to do is just keep increasing your audience at that point you know when you have easy virtual outlets that you can just kind of offer tickets to you don't even have to book like one person but yeah, that's that's something I've started really investing in since 2020, just because we were all at home and I had I was on unemployment and I was like, oh, I'll just build a business. <laughs> and that's been fun. It's been like a real challenge and very humbling and many, you know, eye opening moments of learning about myself, which I'm sure you can relate to since you have several businesses as well. Yeah, it can be tough, especially when you have like personal issues happening and then you have to also be a business owner, entrepreneur at the same time. <laughs> yeah. You can't and I, totally know out. Mm -hmm. Just traveling is hard, you know, because like with this job, you really have to be on the road pretty consistently. And I know you live on the road, right? So it's hard to always be on the go and be like an entrepreneur. Yeah, I've uh, slowed down my traveling quite a bit. I stay in my RV most of the time and have it stay in the same place for usually at least a month at a time, sometimes more than a month. And cool. I just kind of like infiltrate that area and then go to the next area. But I do hop around and I occasionally do a, a trip where I fly somewhere and then have a handful of shoots and then come back to my base camp. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. I love the the travel like on the road life. I think that's really cool. My boyfriend and I have definitely like, you know, fantasized about having just a trailer that we could hop into and escape. 
Cool. So you're based in Chicago? <laughs> yeah. And do you do like um, trips where you go to another city and like book a bunch of shoots and then go back home? Or? Oh yeah, that's that's my main thing. I don't really do the, like this last September was one of the biggest trips I've ever done. And it was like multi-city. I just, I love my home. So <laughs> I try to travel, you know, I, I have such a wanderlust and travel bug in me, but so I constantly am like, planning trips and then but then I like this year I traveled so much and I was just really like I want to be home more so next yeah. year I'm trying to plan just like week-long travel or like a little bit longer than that just for my insanity and for my partner you know to not be like just leaving him with all the home responsibilities for large swaths of time but yeah I usually go to like one or two cities for like a week a few years ago, I was doing like a weekend every month and that was, that was pretty cool. But I just, it took so much pre-planning time because of like doing something every month. Just, it was a bit of a grind. I kind of just going for different things now. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, it's a very draining way of income. If you have like, what, like 10 shoots in like five days or something like that. It's, it is, it is something you have to recover from. Mm -hmm. It totally is. Yeah. I really, I love, I, I am someone who really loves like long work days where you just get to keep doing the same thing all day and you're with people. Cause I find that I'm really able to like be present and, and focus very happily in those days. But it, it really is something that like, it's like, you got to take a mini vacation after like 10 days on the road. You're like, Oh my God. I, it's also such a social output, like energetically, you're talking to people all the time and it, re it just requires a lot from, from you. Yeah. My way of vacationing after a trip is staying in my robe all day and working on my computer. <laughs> right. Right. Same. Yeah. It's like, just, just like mildly working. Usually I'll try, I'll just like watch a show in the background and just be like, I need to just have something else <laughs> going on. Cool. So over the course of all this time, running around doing all these photo shoots, I'm certain that many of these are with like really amazing artists, really nice photographers, generally positive experiences. But sometimes experiences on the road or while modeling can be kind of crazy. I have this bit on my podcast I like to call the photo shoot yeah. fail of the week. Can you describe an experience where you had a photo shoot that went awry, either because the situation surrounding the shoot was crazy, something happened at the shoot that was crazy, or possibly the photographer themselves was crazy? I had a uh, studio shoot. So I, I used to run a studio during 2021 and I guess like late 2020 into 2022, 23. Yeah, this year I I moved my studio like into where I live, which still has enough space for it. But I don't do photo shoots here anymore. It's like purely a figure modeling studio. But previously we it was really cool, big space. And I just got this wild hair this year to hire a or just have like a snake day, you know, like shoot with snakes all day long. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I found somebody who would bring a bunch of snakes and we totally 
hired him and booked a bunch of photographers who wanted to shoot me and some of my model friends in Chicago. And it was just so much fun. Like I had such a blast. I was just kind of like glowing all day from joy at being able to pose with animals. Like I've never, I've, I've posed on a horse, you know, and that was really cool. And like with horses, but not snakes, you know, that was new for me. So that was really fun. And after the, the shoot, I actually just decided I wanted a snake and bought a snake from the guy not one of the ones that he had brought that day, but like a smaller ball python. But some of the snakes that we posed with were like huge and so pretty. And that was definitely a highlight of my year this year. I love snakes. <laughs> do you? Yeah, they're yes, cool. Yes, I do. I think they're so awesome. I think the bigger, the better, honestly. Like, I think they're just so fascinating. Totally. Have you ever posed with snakes? I have a few times. There's a gal in San Francisco that runs a, a business called Exotics by Andrea. And she has a ton of cool, like crazy animals. Like she, this one isn't available for shoots, I don't think, but she has a Komodo dragon. She's got like a giant tortoise. She has like Whoa. gophers and she has a anaconda and a python and other snakes and other like really cool animals. Yeah. Oh, I love that. She's cool. I should hit her up. I'm going to be in that area soon. But was there anybody there that was afraid of snakes at the shoot? No. Luckily, no one that was afraid of snakes wanted to attend. Yeah, I would guess that. <laughs> I would probably be like, I don't know if this is good for you. Let's let's rethink this. Uh, I do have plenty of friends that I have found out are afraid of snakes and do not want to come over and look at uh, my pet. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting because I, I find that the fear of snakes is a very common fear, almost as mm -hmm. common as the fear of spiders. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I mean, I think all animals can be pretty freaky, but <laughs> depends. Depends on a lot of factors. But I, I personally never felt, like, put off by many animals. You know, like, I, I like spiders. I like bugs. Yeah? Yeah, totally. We're all just oh God, living on this rock together, you know? I don't know what it is about spiders over other bugs. Like it could be a beetle, fine. It could be ants, fine. It could it could even be like something scarier, like a centipede. But a spider, for some reason, mm -hmm. they get under my skin. They freak me out, and I can't really. It has to be instinctual or something. I can't get my yeah. mind wrapped around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a pretty legit fear though, because like out of all the bugs, they can like they can they have spools coming out of their butts they can drop from the sky at a moment's notice and they they kind of jump you know like don't get me wrong like if a spider like crawled across my hand i'd probably like be like ah you know i but i i'm not like aggro towards them you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> you so gotta you be kind of used to it i mean you've done you've done so many shoots outside and like in the water like you know yes gotta there's I, I can see that I would imagine you're like pretty comfortable with other bugs though. And yes, fish. you know, any like shot that, you know, the photographer wants you to lay down on the ground outside. I definitely do like scan the area for like things that might yeah. be a danger or things that might crawl on me. But like most of the time I'm fine with that. Like I lay on the ground and, you know, do poses in nature tons. 
But also, though, a lot of the places that I go don't seem to have a lot of bugs. Like over on the East Coast and like in your area, there do seem to be more bugs like mm-hmm. out and about. Um, but I, Chicago's got a lot of bugs. <laughs> but a lot of my outdoor work lately has been in South Utah, and there's like almost no bugs, especially during the day. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's kind of the terrain is just really different out there. What would bugs yeah. be hiding under? They love to hide. Yeah, I mean, there are some, but it's not like like in a grassy field, you don't really know what's in the grass, but you have mm-hmm. to just trust that you're not going to get bit by something. Right. That is where a snake could be. Grass, they love lots of different animals. I did, so us chatting about scanning the ground, I do have a really terrible <laughs> shoot story that just came to oh my me. God. What happened? I was, you know, brought to a very specific location by a photographer. And he was like, okay, this is the shooting area, you know, like right here. Like it was very specific. We walked through a forest preserve, you know, got off the the main path and then walked straight to this little area and come to find out after the shoot that that whole area was just poison ivy. And I was like dancing around in poison ivy, essentially. That was the worst. I had to cancel a tour that I had planned to go to like Michigan and Toronto. And it was the worst. It was really the worst. I was covered in big, like splotchy poison ivy for weeks and weeks. It was really bad. Oh, I was so mad. I was like, how, how could you not have even considered that for myself? You know, I was mad at myself because like I grew up in the yeah. woods. I should have been looking for it. But I was also mad at the photographer because like he took me through tons of like bush and then was like, but this is the location. And it was very specifically the poison ivy zone, <laughs> you know? And so at the time, I suppose either of you were not like uh, identifying it as poison ivy in the moment. And then later the rash came and then you were like, oh, that must have been poison ivy. Right. So shoot wise, it wasn't bad, the actual shoot. But then afterwards, I was like, this is the worst. Oh, did you tell the photographer what happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You can can bet that he heard what happened, Christy. Yeah. Was he upset or did he? Oh yeah, he felt he felt remorseful. He was like, Oh, I'll offer to take you and do another shoot. So he Oh my god. We did a different shoot like on a beach, which was also like way farther out than I had thought it was. And like by the end of it, I was like, You didn't really do me a favor, you paid me for my time. (laughs) And that's after you, because, you know, he was trying to make up for me having to cancel a whole tour, you know? That's awful. Yeah. And I was like, okay, paying me my normal rate is not actually doing me a favor. Yeah. Because you're going to be so in the hole. In yeah. God. And then even if you, even though canceling your tour, you can't even book work at home. You are, it is like an injury. Exactly. Is- I couldn't do anything. And it was hard because I had it, it was like going up my neck. So even my like acting stuff, like I had to cover it. Oh my God. You do acting too? That's cool. Oh yeah. That's what I studied. That's why I even like, I feel like modeling, you know, I, I really wanted to get more comfortable in front of the camera. And that was a, a huge motivator for pursuing like photography work. Cool. 
What kind of acting have you done? Uh, I've done a lot of short films. I have a BA in theater, so I did theater for several years in college. And then that's why I moved up to Chicago. And I did some theater up here, but man, it just pays so poorly. You know, you've got to be, you have to be working a normal job. And I hate normal jobs, just period. So, you know, that was not really the path that I think I was ever really meant to tread too far down. And then I found modeling and I was like, oh, I'll do this. And it's way more fit to your needs and everything. So it's way more up my alley. You know, I definitely, yeah, just uh, appreciate the, what modeling's like provided for me as, as far as things go, but I love acting. That's where I keep trying to pursue more and more work. And actually Friday, last Friday, I was on an episode of Chicago PD as a police officer Officer Miranda coming in hot, coming in hot. Uh, Yeah, it was really cool. I I did that that role last season as well. So they had me come back for like the first episode of this season. So that felt that felt really fun and a great day of work for me. So just as much as I can do, but I'm you know trying to obviously get work in more you know major shows. I'm also starting to write scripts and produce and stuff. So just, you know, trying to pursue it from all angles at this point. That's so cool. So you envision yourself being a creative person and like running off of these creative endeavors for the entire of your life? Totally. I mean, obviously I'm trying to invest in the ways that normal people do, you know, like I have a I have a retirement account and I'm, you know, trying to save to purchase some kind of property. But aside from that, yeah, I I mean, my whole life is just always going to be this kind of thing. And and I hope so. And the the business I started, hopefully, you know, continues to to grow in profit and stuff. That's awesome. And anytime another model that's trying to get into modeling full time or like just wants to kind of do full time freelance traveling modeling that ask me advice, oftentimes they are worried about their nudes on the internet affecting their ability to get a different type of job in the future. Have you ever worried about like the work that you've already done affecting other career paths that you might go into in the future? Oh, for sure. Like, I think that's a very fair thing to to think about. And I think it depends a lot on the career path that you want to go down. Like, if you want to be a politician someday, maybe, maybe not, you know, <laughs> maybe this isn't the job for you. Or like a politician's wife, like if that's something that you aspire to or dream about, like, I don't think putting your nudes on the internet are, is a great idea. But you know, that lots of things have happened. I mean, Marilyn Monroe was had like nudes and you know boudoir kind of imagery out about her and that was in the 50s so i think you know it's fair to think about but at the same time like if you know if that's gonna be things stopping your role or like your your ride on in this life then i think you know it maybe maybe that thing wasn't meant to be like i've thought about it and i think i people do ask me to to look at scripts that have like gratuitous nudity and like things that I'm like, this is so stupid. And then it's because I put gratuitous nudity out there into the world on my Instagram. 
Uh, so yeah. I get why they send it to me, but I think that it's a vibe. You got to be a hundred, a hundo, you know, you got to be a hundred percent on the vibe that, that you want to put out. If part of that vibe is going to be your naked body all over the place, you know? So. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of freeing in a way. I would say that like, if you're committed enough in your creative career to like make extreme moves, such as Mm-hmm. having news on the internet, which I suppose I don't generally consider it extreme just because I've been doing this for so long. But I think for most normal people, it is somewhat extreme. Oh, I agree <laughs> with you. I think that's very true. Like, it's hard to even acknowledge how weird it is sometimes because it doesn't feel weird to <laughs> me at this point. But then I'll meet, you know, normal people and be like, oh, yeah, it's my Instagram. And, and they're like, oh, you know, it's just like silence. They don't even know how to process it. And I'm like, all right, I shouldn't just like throw you to the wolves like that. That's really intense of me. But yeah, I I totally agree with you. Like, it's hard to acknowledge how how weird it is at this point. Yeah. But fortunately, and I don't know if this is the case for you. Fortunately, there does now seem to be like a community of us freelance models who seem to make friends with each other, whether it's online or through group events and stuff. And there is like a support within the industry. And I have found myself kind of like isolating from the quote, normal world of people and finding a lot of my friendships through photographers and models. Oh, that's, that's so fun. I love that. Yeah, I think it's a bigger and bigger community every day. And I think that the also the average you know just let's say like femme bodied people because most models that are in this industry are femme bodied people they are also kind of more and more open to it and want to like share that for themselves you know I have friends who have bought themselves boudoir shoots and they love those photos and that's like it's become more and more just like accessible people wanting to celebrate their body people wanting to just like be hot on camera, you know, like it's become more of a thing that people just are doing. I I don't know if you've seen this, but at least where I live and like some of the models that I go down their their Instagram rabbit holes, I'm like, okay, I'm looking at their work. I'm like, great work, cool stuff, you know, but then I kind of notice some patterns, you know, like, oh, they're mostly posting one photographer's work. Oh, and they like, You know, I'm just kind of like following the story that's being told here. And I'm like, oh, like this is someone who's actually, I think they're a nurse by day, but they loved modeling and they work really well with this photographer. And it's actually a portfolio that's like not a professional person, but they just love doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of people like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like it's becoming more normalized to <laughs> to be having nudes on the internet, you know? That's very true. And I also noticed that with, I don't know if you ever use Reddit, but I've been getting into using Reddit more because it drives traffic to my like spicy sites. But on Reddit, oh. there's this, like there's this whole rule on most of the subreddit groups where you're not supposed to promote yourself or make it obvious Mm -hmm. that you're using reddit to drive traffic and so a lot of the users on reddit like for example one of the biggest reddit groups i ever participated in was called naked adventures and it's like people who have nudist tendencies or like just like to be naked in nature yeah or perhaps they're exhibitionists like share photos of themselves 
new to nature. But a lot of freelance models also use the Naked Adventures subreddit to post their stuff there because they know it's going to get a lot of traction because that group is really big. And you're not supposed to say, you know, if you like this photo, come to my website or whatever. Like, you can't do that. But you can... You can post stuff there and then maybe somebody will like stalk you after that and find your other stuff. But yeah, um, there's a whole thing where you're not supposed to advertise. You're supposed to be in that group just because you like creating that type of photo. So there are a lot of people on those groups that I've noticed. They just totally enjoy being naked in nature or perhaps just like um, sharing themselves in a way that you can't share yourself on other parts of the internet. Yeah. Totally. Like just kind of being open about your body and like what it's got going on. You know, I think more and more people are seeing that as, as valuable to, to like who they are in the world. You know, they're like, this is what I got that I'm working with. You know, this is what I was born with. I think it's beautiful. And I, I don't really consider myself a nudist, but I'm, very pro being naked like wherever you can be <laughs> yeah <laughs> as long as you're not going to get in trouble that's that's my thing as long as yeah. cops aren't going to bust me and i'm not going to actually have some negative consequences for this then i'm fine with it totally yeah i always want to be aware when you know shooting naked outside i think that's a really good rule yeah by the way since you mentioned you're in chicago mm -hmm. have you ever been to gary indiana Oh, for sure. Cool. One of my favorite <laughs> abandoned buildings I've ever been in oh, is yeah. there. And, yeah, I always want to go back there and see if it's still there. But they recently, like some of the buildings have become, I think the church became condemned. I don't know if, you, if that's what you're talking about. But yeah, um, the church. Yeah, I need to go check if that's true. But I mean, I've been there for a few shoots and it's always been a great time. Indiana does have a lot of abandoned stuff to <laughs> to pose around. You know, it, that's a cool spot. I was there in 2021 in the summertime. And yeah, the building was condemned and there was a fence around it. But the whole fence was like gutted. And so you could just in the front, the front doors, were like everything was boarded up. But the boards that were on the front doors were ripped off. So you could just walk right in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the Wild West of posing in abandoned buildings. Gary, Gary, it was like you, you could purchase a permit to shoot in those spaces for like 50 bucks, you know, but I think, I don't know if that's changed, but I think that's a great move for a city to be like, yeah, we'll just make it okay and y'all can just pay us for it. Yeah as opposed to people doing it illegally. Actually, that's how I found out about that place at first in like 2017 or 2018. I was part of a modeling workshop where, or a photography workshop, where they did have a permit for that location. And then when I went back by myself in 2021, I tried to get the permit and the city was like, oh, we don't give permits for that location anymore because I think because it's too like dangerous now, it's like kind of yeah. So I just went there illegally and it was fine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah, there's a really cool building I recently found in Chicago that is so cool. And you can tell people have definitely like been in it for years, you know, and done lots of crazy stuff. But I, I've been wanting to do a shoot there, but I just didn't get it together for this last, you know, warm season. So that's still on my bucket list. I, I love abandoned buildings. 
usually I'm visiting another state and going into abandoned buildings, but it presents a lot of challenges. And I think that's actually the one of the types of shoots that you really got to be the most aware during and like be checking the ground and stuff. I always pack like little travel shoes now for shoots because I just do not want to fuck up a foot and, you know, be sliced for like (laughs) the rest of my shoots, you know? totally. And that is definitely a danger when you're a an art nude model. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, just, just go over there. Just go over there. And you're like, well, between that and, and me right now is a, you know, six feet of glass. So <laughs> I'm going to need my shoes back. Thank you very much. Yeah, totally. I have another question that I do ask everybody on the show, and I call it the rising phoenix era of your life. Can you describe something in your life? It could be related to your modeling or not, where you were faced with some kind of a challenge that you had to overcome. It could be a career shift, overcoming an insecurity, or any other kind of obstacle. Oh, yeah. So, like, pretty much since I started modeling, like, for many years, I had really bad cystic acne. And, you know, I think... I say really bad. And for some people that also struggle with cystic acne, maybe it would have been like paltry in comparison to what, you know, they feel like they were going through. So, you know, it's all relative, but I felt like I had really bad acne. I like, it was cystic. It would like be very, it would just like come up (laughs) through my skin. And it just felt like there was no way to figure it out, but I knew it was like an internal problem. And this, this went on for years and was probably stoked by like the stresses of moving here for the first several years and, you know, all the jobs that I have been, have like juggled. But in 2020, I really started diving into, I'd heard about a diet that was supposed to help like detox your body and stuff on a podcast. And I was like, okay, I'll try this. Cause I was trying so many different diet things. Like I didn't drink for two years and I was like gluten-free and dairy-free for a long time. So I was trying to be really like, I was really trying to figure out what, like if I was allergic to something or what was going on, but I heard about this diet and it like totally revolutionized my face. I still get acne, but I don't really get big cystic acne anymore, like period. And, you know, when I stick to the the diet pretty well for a period of time, like my face will like clear up extremely. So let me share the gospel. This is called, the thing is called the bean diet. (laughs) And the scientist who figured it out is, her name is Karen Hurd, or I guess she's a doctor and a scientist. I don't know exactly what she would prefer, but she developed this like protocol that involves a lot of fat soluble fibers that you eat. And I mean, fat soluble fiber is either beans, legumes, or psyllium husk. And so I just, and you know, there were other things that she wanted you to cut out. I cut out like half of it. You know, it was a lot of things like caffeine was one of them. And yeah, I know. (laughs) And dairy, like she wanted you to like cut out a lot of things, eat a lot of beans. And it seriously worked for me. Like I don't have any dietary restrictions anymore. Like, you know, previously I was like, not drinking, you know, avoiding sugar, dairy, and wheat, which I, you know, I try to be, I'm a healthy eater, so I'm not eating like an excess of any of those things, but like now I eat it, you know, whereas for years I was like, it it revolutionized my life, honestly, because I 
had a lot of confidence issues, particularly because I wanted to model, but you know, I'd have these like breakouts and then I'd be on tour and I'd be like, ah, this, this blows, you know, like no one wants to be the model who arrives on set and doesn't feel like at least confidence in, yeah. in their look, you know? So that was huge for me. And, you know, I feel like was very healing just, you know, physically and mentally in a lot of ways. And it just made me feel like I had more control and a sense of like, I know that even when my skin's doing something that feels out of control, I know that I can like, it, like make an impact on that through my diet, which is what I knew was really happening because of just the way the, the acne was presenting. I was like, this feels like an internal thing, but now I, I feel like I have a better sense of like make my diet work so that I'm not experiencing that again, wow. you know? So that was real rising, real rising Phoenix moment for me. Really loved that, like, come back, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, wow. You know, I have not had, like, cystic acne throughout my life, but I do know that when I do have a mm-hmm. zit, I really, really dislike it. It affects my, my self-confidence. I want to put concealer on it, but the concealer is never good enough. It always rubs off after, like, a couple of hours, and there's no way to, like, cover without being totally – totally caked up yeah and so i couldn't imagine having to deal with like severe sickness cystic acne yeah it was it was rough and i've gone through several things to like try to deal with what that left me with because i like picked at it quite a bit because i am also like a picker (laughs) yeah like just you know it's hard because you're like, I have this thing that I just want to go away. So it's hard to not try to find things to do to it to like make it go away. Yeah. And it's all just like a a lot of things with health too, especially it's like, it's really comforting when you can find a way to control it. So it's, it's just been really healthy for me to find like a nutritional way to affect that. And I highly recommend it to anybody who might be listening. I'm, I, you know, it did mean so much to me. It was such a win. So, you know, I'm always open to sharing that information with people. If, if people want more information, there's lots of, there's lots of great people to follow now in terms of that diet. Cause there was a, a woman who came back from Crohn's disease and like had this incredible health turnaround because of this, this diet. So she like is helps other people and, and teaches other people about it now. So, you know, it's been helpful for lots of people, but it was a big, big win, big win for me. And, and I just feel very grateful to not be like in that mental space anymore. That's awesome. Wow. I'm glad that you got through that. I know a lot of people do struggle with the mm-hmm. acne and acne related issues and that it causes them a lot of grief. So I'm happy that you found what works for you. And, you. and I have found that with various different people, various different things seem to mm-hmm. work. Yeah. Cause like the problem's not always the same for everybody or like this, the root of it, you know? So yeah, it might not help and it, it might help with other people's other things, but that's the thing about life. It's really just about being open to try new things because you don't know what could work for you. Yeah. And and with acne though, I think it's one of those things that is generally universally like the one thing that people are like, okay, you can, you can clone stamp that out. Like bruises, Mm -hmm. scratches, and acne, like other like parts of the body that, you know, 
different body shapes, different scars, people may or may not want them edited out. But generally, like blemishes such as acne and things like that, people generally want them retouched out because it's a temporary Mm -hmm. part of your skin where your skin is reacting to something that, you know, you don't want it to be happening, but it is happening. It always, like, for so many years, I was really nervous when I'd get to a shoot and they'd be like, okay, we're going to do portraits or like, this is going to be a makeup shoot. I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't, (laughs) I could do, you know, shapes all day long. And, you know, it's depending on what you're shooting, it, it either does or really doesn't impact it a lot, you know? So it really was quite a gamble for a lot of different shoots. Yeah. And it was really hard for acting because no matter what, generally, if you're going to get hired for something, they're going to do a medium close-up, probably. And then they're going to see most of what's going on with your face. I thought, you know, this last Friday, I, I, I was on my period, so I had a bit of a breakout. Because, you know, my acne does tend to, like, be a little hormonal, too. And I was like, well, this fucking blows, you know, got to be on national television with a, a pimple. <laughs> Which is, you know, the scene's not about me. It's not a big deal. But I was really fascinated by the fact that I showed up on set and they pretty much only covered my tattoos. And then they they kind of put a little bit of makeup on the blemish that I had and but like really didn't put a lot. <laughs> and it was like, you know, when you go to a set like that, like you're really not supposed to touch your face like the makeup artists do the work and then like you just accept like whatever they do. But it was like really hard to be like, oh, this is the one shoot that I did not bring any makeup to. And I pretty much just, I woke up and they are putting me on national television. <laughs> Cause oh, yeah, man. they did like no, no other makeup really. And, and I was like, Oh, I like really don't think I look good enough for this moment, but Hey, you know, that's your job. <laughs> it's I've become a lot better um, about letting go of it. You know? So that's also been an improvement because half of everything is your mindset. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's happened yeah. and, you know, almost everybody and pretty much probably everybody gets them, you know, at some point. Mm-hmm. So it should be an understandable thing, but I, I still get it. It's like, you don't want, Oh it's, yeah. it's not only do you feel like it's not pretty, but it's also oftentimes painful and you, you can feel it there. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. That was a, I hated that about the cystic acne in particular, because that can be a really painful type of acne. I I just, I remember like moments where I'd be like, my face hurts. Like it sucks that my face hurts (laughs) for no reason other than like this, like my body is trying to detox something through my skin, you know, just such a, such a weird time. Bodies are so weird. Yeah. I really, I love them, but they are bizarre things. Yeah. And faces are weird. Faces are super weird. Faces are so weird. I don't know if you experienced this, but like from different angles, my face will look so crazy different. And, you know, you just, you really got to accept a lot about what you've got to work with when you're a freelance model, because you're working with tons of different types of photographers and everyone has a different focus on like what's important to them, you know? Yeah. And sometimes like the, the faces that they choose to like put out in the world, I'm like, whoa, like my face looks crazy in this one, man. Like, why would you pick that one? <laughs> yes, I have seen that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And they, you know, they're just or seeing they, it differently. But I'm like, I, I don't know how anyone couldn't see this and just be like, not that one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I have seen that happen to myself and with other photos online where I'm just like, like, part of it for part of this especially like my face like I'm really critical of my own posing but I feel like I'm really good at posing so and the older I get the more critical I am of how the light is hitting my face because you know more texture occurs with age Mm -hmm. and I feel like with the wrong kind of lighting you can actually make somebody look a lot worse than they actually sure for sure (laughs) the beauty is all in the light it really like because you can you can make so many people look so good in the right light. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And yeah, it's an interesting factor of, of getting older in this industry is like really having to just constantly see your face <laughs> and like what you have going on that day. And just, you know, I think uh, so much of freelance modeling is like the ability to let go of your image and Yes. And be willing to to have that, yeah. you know, in someone else's hands. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just like, you know, letting go of the fact that you're either getting certain type of work done that you feel makes you look a certain way that, that you like, or you're all natural and, you know, nature's doing her thing. So I think, yeah, I think there's different ways to respond to it, but it's happening. So... <laughs> That's just part of it. True that. Well, we're pretty much at the hour where I usually end the podcast. Yeah. I just wanted to ask if there's anything else that you wanted to bring up before we go. Mm. Uh, This is my favorite uh, tip from this past year for outdoor modeling. Get a heated jacket. I got one this year and it has been the biggest level up. Sweet. I also have a heated jacket and I would agree. Yes. I I got it, especially because of the underwater shoots that I do. Right. That would be so helpful, which I love. I I found your underwater page kind of recently and I was like, oh, this is so dope. So love your work on that page. Thanks. I need to add more to it, but yeah, thank you. Yeah, definitely. Staying warm is sometimes the hardest part about modeling, like just having to Tough it out in the cold and learn how to warm up fast enough to where you can actually get enough shots in your allotted shoot time. Mm-hmm. Right. I, my hands and my feet, you know, it, it's once they lose temperature, you're just you're just always going to be like chasing some kind of normal. And like the further you get from it, the closer you get to your body just being like, we're done. <laughs> this is yeah. this is all we could uh-huh. offer. I'm shooting in Iceland next year. I'm really excited about oh it. God. And it's something I think about, though, because I, you know, the name of the place is Iceland, so. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm probably going to invest in a few more heated things to take with me on that trip just to be safe. Yeah, definitely. Like a, a thermos also mm-hmm. definitely helps. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah. I and mean, being cold is not fun, but, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. But we live in the 21st century. You know, there's a lot of things you can do about it at this point. Agreed. Technology is amazing. Totally. Well, thanks for having me on today. Yeah, Whitney, thanks so much for taking the time to do the podcast. I'm, I'm really excited and I'll definitely share 
links to your portfolio, Thanks. your Instagram, and whatever links you want me to share in the show notes of, of the podcast. Amazing. I really appreciate it. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Have a great rest of your week. Bye.